Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. We'd like to welcome you back. We're super excited to bring you another edition of the Start Vegas Report. I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. And I'm your other co-host, Gavin Lagazino. And as promised, we're bringing y'all the baseball preview episode. Um, Still having problems with Instagram? Yeah, I really don't know what the heck is going on, guys. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm starting to think that they might have found a way to block the template that we use from being posted. Because I even tried, like, I don't think it's a problem with what we say or anything. Because after last week when it failed to upload, I was like, either they blocked my computer uploading or they blocked the template, just the image of the template. Because I tried to upload just a picture of the template from my computer and it said it was failed. They don't like the picture. So, yeah, I guess, I guess. With the pirate theme? <laughs> we might it might come down to that. Or I might just have to make a new template in my free time whenever I get time. Uh, just make an and it looks one. like we might be snowed in this weekend, so I might have time. Right. But uh yeah, we're we're I'm trying to figure that out. I can't I can't really quite put my finger on what the issue is, but I'm confident we'll have it figured out soon. All right. Uh, but we will uh work on that. We're trying to work on some other big things too down here, don't worry. Uh Yep. We're gonna keep it keep it on the podcast uh, apps. You know we've got uh, Spotify, Apple Music, pretty much any. I don't, I'm, I'm not tech, I'm tech savvy. I'm sure you have your favorite app to listen to podcasts on, and it's probably there. Stitcher's a thing. Google Play is a thing. Uh, but we are here, like I said, affirm, with the aforementioned baseball preview episode. We are a week out from our debut at uh, University of. Texas, I guess not at Texas, but a neutral, yeah. a, a quasi neutral site now. game. I tell you that you're going. Yeah, I'm going. Me and my dad, and my brother. All right, we got to talk about how we're going to do the next show. Then we might have to do it over the phone. <laughs> when are you leaving? Uh, I'm going home on Thursday. Okay. And then we're headed to Dallas Friday morning. We can do something Thursday. So morning. we're going to miss the Friday game, but we're going to watch Saturday, watch Sunday, and then go back to South Haven. I got and I'll you. be back. I'll try to be back here Monday. Heck yeah, that sounds good. Make those. I, I really do think that the turnout is going to be good to where it's not going to be a disadvantage for uh, the state team. Um, but yeah, so we're a week out from our debut. That is 11 a.m. Central uh, in Dallas versus Texas first. It's Texas, then TCU, then Tech. Um, and Texas Tech's Sunday, projected Sunday pitcher is now out for the season, too. Mm-hmm. So that kind of messes some things up there for them. We'll see how that goes. But uh, very, very excited. I think we can come out of that with at least two wins, hopefully three. I mean, if you get three wins, I mean, especially if Ole Miss oh, and if Arkansas sweep, get some losses. If we, come, if we sweep, we're coming back as a top three team in the country. Oh, yeah. But I, I just think, how do you feel if we sweep? Oh, we're the best team in the country. If right. If I, I, I feel like if we if we win all three games, like I'm gonna be, yeah. my chest is gonna. Oh, be, we'll be excited. My chest will will enter the room 30 seconds before I do because <laughs> it's gonna be puffed out so far. All right, especially if I'm walking into the room with an Ole Miss baseball fan. Yeah. And they could and look, we could both go three and zero, and that's fine. Or we can both go zero and three, and then that's no fun for anybody. Yeah. What if SEC just goes down there and sweeps in general? Big Twelve looks bad. Those, they're, 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 they all look bad. There's, I think, I'm not saying it's likely. That's but not good because then we would. They're like, okay, well, y'all sweat, but so did they. So who are? So did y'all? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, at that, if we if, wouldn't shoot up, they would shoot. If down. somebody else sweeps, then I, we might not be the best team in the country. Till we play them, we, we will yeah. play every team at this mm-hmm. event at some point. We'll get to. We'll learn a lot. We play both the other teams in three game series at home. 
Uh, for those of you that don't know, we're only at 25% capacity at home. They're selling those tickets on a week-by-week basis. Are they doing a thing for student tickets? How does that even go? I've heard both. From what I haven't heard anything myself, but like I was 99% sure they were selling student tickets. Like, like, sell, like but same like as basketball. Reserving them. Yeah. That's what it should be. And then this, one of the guys I was hanging out with the other day, I don't know if he knows what he's talking about or not, but he was like, yeah, they're not doing student tickets this year. We haven't said yeah, anything right. about it that I know of, but I yeah. also missed the boat. I don't even know how to get a basketball ticket right now. Every time I go check, they're out. Yes, yeah, it's, it's Monday morning. Check, well, I go check on like Monday morning, like Monday at 1030 or something, and they're out. That doesn't make sense uh, to me. Maybe you're just unlucky, Colton. Seems like it. I think something wrong with my account. But uh, very, very excited for baseball season. Big, big weekend. But we, we want to tell you all who we think. We're pretty confident on who, uh, what type of diamond dogs you're going to see on the field uh, in Frisco, Texas. Uh, I guess it is Frisco. Is this the Frisco Classic, or is, or is the Ranger Stadium in Dallas, Dallas? Uh, Ranger Stadium is in Frisco, I believe. Yeah, it's or not. Globe Life, not Ranger Stadium. It's Globe Life. It's yeah. new. Yeah, the brand name. Right. The, uh, it's not next to AT&T Stadium. I know that because I just drove right. by it the other day, like a couple weeks ago. But, um... Talking about who's going to be on the field, I guess we're just going to do a position breakdown. We're going to start off with some uh, the position players and who we think we're going to expect. And I guess I'm going to let Gavin, I'm going to put him on the spot, do some of the talking through the positions. And uh, I guess we'll give the batting order while we're at it. Yeah. We've got the we've got the batting order and the position separate. So we yeah. got to make sure we don't mess that up. Yeah. So Written down separately. We're going to go with just the lineup first. We're going to start off catcher. We're going with Logan Tanner for starting day. Uh, this is our purely our prediction too. We don't know this. None of this is fact. This is just what me, what me and Colton kind of collectively think, kind of not collectively on some positions. Uh, and we'll get to that when we get there. But catcher, we're rocking Logan Tanner. Uh, he'll be a freshman still. Very talented guy. Uh, probably one of the bigger bats in the lineup, and he showed that early on last year. And these guys have been weight training for the last year since the last season got canceled uh, a few weeks in. So I'm, I like Logan Tanner a lot. And I, I think it's crazy. We have arguably two of the best freshmen in the country uh, in Logan Tanner and Cameron James. So it's, I it's guess they count an, as freshmen. Yeah, they're still freshmen. I mean, even even if we're talking sophomores. They still air, play air a lot. Quotes, yeah, these guys, these guys are two of the better – Guys that are their age in the country, so that's that's something to be excited about. Uh, Cameron first, James is like twenty four, right? Might as well be. I think he's twenty. Uh, he'll be twenty one by the draft. He's a twenty year old freshman yeah. right now. Yeah, he's twenty. Yeah, but he's taking junior classes. I'm pretty sure. Right. So, uh, but first base, we're going Josh Hatcher. You know Josh Hatcher, uh, probably the biggest power bat in the lineup. He rakes lefty. Uh, by the way, we're, I'm going to go ahead and touch on this so I don't forget. The majority of this lineup that we have projected is all lefties, and it's going to be lefties. And when we get to the order, we'll get to that. Yeah. How that how that's going to shake out. Because uh, it is kind of – I don't want to – it's not concerning. It's just – It's very odd. Because most of the time if you're going to have a, a heavy, heavily handed team, it's going to be righties. So I remember an yeah. Arkansas team we used to play a couple years ago. They were all lefties, and yeah. I got annoyed because we were pitching some right-handers. I'm like, ugh. But anyway, there's more righties than lefties at the college level, though. So if you're gonna be yeah, well, yeah, there's more righties and lefties and every lefties at everything. Right, but <laughs> I'm but I'm saying if you're gonna be heavy on something, 
you hope it's lefties. Yeah, you'd rather have a bunch of left-handed back. I mean, you'd rather, you're either normal or you're if you're heavy on right-handed, you're normal. Yeah. You're, you'd rather be not be have a lot of left-handed bats. But we'll get to that. Um, second baseman, the transfer, Scotty DeBrule. This guy is a stud. I'm pretty sure he's transferring in, like I said, uh, from Jacksonville. Very, very talented guy. I'm just going to read off some stats here. In his career, college career so far, started 194 of 197 appearances, two-time All-Atlantic Sun Conference selection, second team All-Athletic uh, Sun Conference selection as a junior, and a first team All-Athletic Sun Conference as a sophomore, twice selected to the Atlantic Man, Sun Conference All-Tournament team, owns the Jacksonville record for career hits. Owns their record for career hits. Yep. So we're bringing in Jacksonville's Jake Magnum. <laughs> I mean that's um, good. <laughs> yeah, this guy this guy's an on base machine. Currently he's number two in the NCAA in hits, uh number two nationally in at bats, number three in NCAA games played, and he sits number fifteen nationally in runs scored. What? Was he a leadoff guy? Uh I no, believe... no, no, he couldn't have been. If he if he has more hits than runs scored, I had that backwards. He's probably a meet of the order guy. Yeah. Um this is just absurd though, guys. Last season his batting average was four twenty six. He's a, he's a gamer. He'll be our starting second baseman, uh, and there's a lot to be excited about with him. Also, bats left-handed. Yep. Next up, uh, we've got true freshmen, so not not in the same way as Cameron James and Logan Tanner. We're expecting Kellum Clark to be your starting third baseman. This guy is MLB draft pick uh, in a normal year. In I believe 2020. He, yeah, and he, he just wasn't, you know, wasn't, wasn't selected in five yeah, rounds. Wasn't selected, but selected in five rounds. In 10 but rounds. but from what I've heard, he could have been selected, and he told him, "Don't waste a pick on me. Get a guy that deserves it." Um, same deal. Cameron James did his senior year. He's an exciting guy. Uh, really, really nice addition to the team. A big left-handed power bat. Uh, he throws righty though. He's from Brandon High School. Like I said, a lot a lot to be excited about with him. We've got a nice young core in the infield, so th- this will be a good team to look at. I guess, dang, years. Brandon High School is just Mississippi State South, isn't it? Yeah, or at maybe, this point. Maybe we're yeah. Brandon High School North. Yeah. Uh, moving on, shortstop, filling out the rest of the infield, Cameron James. Uh, like I said, you know what you know what you're getting with Cameron. One of the, the only other righty bat in the lineup outside of Logan Tanner. Uh, very talented guy. Like we said, he could get drafted after this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Uh, he's just... Very talented, extremely talented. He is going to be a draft eligible freshman. Yep. I hope he doesn't get drafted. Yeah. I mean, well, he'll, he'll get if he's he'll draft get, eligible. Yeah, we he'll hope get he drafted. we hope he chooses to come back though. Right. Uh, and I can confirm Cameron James has gotten a lot bigger this offseason. Uh, and I think he could be a right-handed power bat like Logan Tanner. Uh, he's a strong guy, and he's always been a great hitter. He was actually on pace last year. If you if you just look at the pace that he was on through however many games we played. In terms of career hits, and I know he had a hot start to last season, and it's unlikely he kept this up. But if he were to go at that same pace, he would have shattered Jake Mangum's record. Shattered it. This is an extremely talented guy, uh, a good a good infielder too, and he didn't get to show that very much at third last year. But shortstop is his natural position. I'm excited to see him play some defense too this year. Looking into left field, this is kind of the biggest question mark, uh, where we're most uncertain about. We're going with Braylon Skinner. Colton, do you agree with Braylon Skinner? We didn't really talk this over before. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, 
I think left-handed, or excuse me, left field is going to be the position that you left field and catcher are going to be the positions that you play with. Um, of course, you always play with catcher. You don't typically in the modern game. You don't want somebody catching all three date games of a back to back to back on a right. weekend because it's just not good for their body. Um, but if you're gonna play with like the handedness of the pitcher, and if you're gonna you're gonna want to mess with left field over anything, left field and DH, of course. Between those three positions, I think you've uh, you've got enough flexibility to really make the lineup uh, just a nightmare for any type of pitcher. But again, that's not to say Braylon Skinner isn't good or doesn't deserve the position. But that is just the the one that's iffy enough to where if you're gonna, like I said, play the handedness of the pitcher, yeah. that that's the position you do it at. Because you're not gonna. T- I know you got left-handed bats and who we're about to mention Tanner Allen left-handed bats and Josh Hatcher, you're not messing with those, okay? You're probably not messing with Scott with the middle infield either. Um, that's just, you need a lot of chemistry there. Yeah. And then uh, I guess another guy you could say is Kellen Clark. And, you know, where does Landon Jordan fit into this? So Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much, I don't know, we didn't even put Landon Jordan on our thing, did we? Yeah, I, I, I honestly forgot well, about Well, that's like the Austin Williams thing with football. Like, yeah. we've, got a, we've got an embarrassment of riches at some positions, so you're yeah. just kind of confused. Uh. It's very interesting with that left field spot, though, because even a lot of the guys that you're going to rotate in, like Pimentel, like Landon Jordan, like Drew McGowan, they're all lefties, too. So Well, I guess Landon Jordan will be an infield replacement, or will he play outfield, too? He could play left field, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. So you're only the only guy that you could really bring in, I'm just going to roll through the roster real quick on guys that could possibly play outfield that are righties. Uh, Brad Cumbus. Brad Cumbus. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Literally, I, well, I'm, I'm scrolling it. right now. Uh, Kite McDonald, and then we've got pitcher, 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 pitcher. Tanner Leggett, he could play some outfield, I'm sure. I think he has in the past for us. Yeah, actually. Tanner Leggett's somebody that's definitely going to crack the lineup yeah. a couple times this year. Uh, Shane Lewis is a switch hitter, so that's good news. We've got... We misspelled Braylon Skinner's name yeah. on our... Yeah, we uh, did. It's both right. both of that. his names. On our notes. Oh, no. We got it last time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Austin Reed. There's not. We're deep. Corbin Grantham. <laughs> Corbin Grantham. <laughs> I forgot about Corbin Grantham. Yeah. Uh, but, That's Todd Grantham's son. Yeah. There's just a lot. There's a lot that could happen with that left field spot. And like we said, that's where there's the most uncertainty. I'm going to read off Braylon's stats for us real quick. Uh, started all 12 games at Northwest Community College. He's originally from Lake Cormorant High School. Uh Posted a hit in eight of his 12 games, reached base in 11 of 12 games, scored a run in 11 of 12 games, owned three multi-hit and one multiple RBI game, reached in first base, wait, reached base in the first 11 games of the season, collected a season best three hits against Wallace State with a season high two RBIs, doubled, walked twice, stole four bases, and stole three games against Olive Harvey. So this guy's just a burner and is a great defensive player. He's super not, fast. Yeah, doesn't doesn't necessarily have the bat that you want, uh, but like I said, he draws walks, and when he's on base, he's he's he can steal whenever right. he wants. That's to. your that's your base stealing threat. That's your uh, your bunt for a base hit guy. Your uh, he's of course he's left handed, so he's got that extra step out of the box. Um, that's your guy that's gonna. He, I'm sure he's gonna get a c- couple sing uh infield singles this year. Uh, and the guy you want in the outfield, you know, you want your you're one of those quick guys back there. So. Definitely, as far as his talent goes, it makes sense for him to be where he's at. Yeah. Uh, and then center field, arguably the most important piece of the lineup, if you ask me, Roddy Jordan. Uh, 
him being a switch hitter is going to be huge for us with how heavily left-handed we are this year. Great defensive player. We've seen that through his whole career. Very streaky hitter, but if he can put things together, this is a scary, scary team. Uh, when Rowdy's hot, it seems like everybody's hot. So, And he's another guy, if you've been paying attention to his social media stuff, he's gotten a lot bigger this offseason. So I'm excited to see if he's had any pop to his game. But he's another guy to be really excited about. And I'm, I'm excited to keep an eye on him uh, as the season gets going here in the next week or so. Looking at right field, we've got Tanner Allen. This is a guy that we're just lucky to have back, honestly. Him and Rowdy both. Uh, these these guys should both be in the MLB right now if we weren't if it weren't for the COVID stuff. So excited to have Tanner back. Uh, like you know what you're getting with Tanner Allen. Uh, he's just a, a home a, run. A, a good thing about Tanner Allen, not a left. Got to think about the injury too now, but not a left-handed hitter. I'm worried about against a left-handed pitcher. Right. He's he's always done just fine. Yeah. But yep. against all of those. So. Yeah, and that's what that's the nice thing about Tanner in general. He's just not a streaky guy. Yeah. He, he's very consistent. You know what you're going to get with him, and you can count on him in big moments. Uh, he's a guy that I expect to be right in the meat of the lineup, and he's he's a guy that I'm excited to watch this year. Uh, and we're sure Chipper Jones will be watching too. Yeah. Filling in the DH spot, we're looking at Brandon Pimentel. Brandon Pimentel didn't have the best start to last season, but he's another guy that you should be excited about. He's the power bat that we're looking for, uh, and I'm I'm excited to have him on the team. Also, Let's just Brandon Pimentel, you got a lot of wishes, and here's here's your wish. And we're we'll getting to a lot of this with the pitchers too. Did Brandon learn to hit a breaking ball over the offseason? Did he, did he learn to hit off speed? Because yeah. if so, there's no holes in this lineup, really. Yeah. I mean, you you're a little bit concerned with Braylon Skinner, but you're not really worried about getting on base as far as things go. And here's the thing. And if the thing that, is, if Pimentel does that good, then Braylon Skinner's out of the lineup. Yeah. Uh, so. If, if look, I've seen the dude take BP. The one home run he hit last year landed about 10 feet in front of me, and I was very, very, no, 10 feet behind me. I was very, very, very far away from home plate, and that ball passed me. I saw in person what he can do if you make a mistake. Yeah. Uh, all you need to do is just make it to where you're not just throwing him break curveballs at yeah. his back foot. Extremely you know? strong guy. Extremely. A lot of pop. Yeah. And big guy, too. He's let's, a big dude. Let's see, real quick. Number 50, Brandon Pimentel, 6'3", 210. There's no way he's only 210. There's no, no there's way. No way. That's a lie. That's a lie. I'm 230, dude. There's no way. Yeah, he's a, he's a big dude. That I'm doesn't. Not, sound I'm not right. buying either. That or all these baseball players are smaller than they look. Or he just cut like crazy this offseason. There's no way. Yeah, but I, I'm not buying two ten. Sorry, Brandon. Uh, I think you're two twenty five at least. Moving on to pitching, our Friday guy. I think this is the easiest spot to call on the whole team. Christian McLeod. Uh, just absolutely filthy. Can throw it. Throw whatever he wants, whenever he wants, wherever he wants. I think he got some. Short season pitcher of the year honors last year. Yeah. Third team All-American, something like yeah. that. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do in a full year, though, and I'm just praying he can stay healthy because he's he's electric to watch. And, guys, we've been really spoiled the last couple years. Uh, on Friday night, guys, you know, last year was, was Christian McLeod's kind of his coming out party, but not really. Um, like I said, third team All-American honors, I think, for – a short season you knew what we were getting was pretty good and then you saw it kind of begin to unfold in the non-conference last year 
didn't get to see it against Texas Tech. I guess you saw it against Oregon State in a game that we uh, that we won. Um, had to come back and win. He actually uh, actually didn't. We didn't score any runs while he was pitching. But um, we've gotten spoiled on Ethan Small, and we've had him for the last couple of years. I guess we have to go back to the days of moving Pilkington from Friday to Saturday uh, before you didn't have like an awesome Friday night guy because, you know, you had JT again last year and he was mm-hmm. awesome. And then you move Christian McLeod back when he, when JT again kind of gets roughed up and then he's still awesome. Uh, we're just, I don't think that the time's coming soon that this Friday, that, our, that we're not going to be super, super confident in our Friday night guy. And this isn't going to be one of those years, but I just start thinking like, uh, I just, not wait, not excited for that day when we're kind of iffy about who's pitching, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know last year we kind of got that a little bit because when JT Ginn went out, we moved Carlisle Kessler to Friday. We wanted to keep Christian on Saturday. And then we decided, oh, well, we'll just move Christian to Friday and call it a day, and it worked fine. Um, I guess that was the last time you felt, kind of felt iffy. But as far as season-long concerns, you were never really worried because the season ended last year. So I'm trying to think, what was that, 2006? No, 2017. It was, I guess, post Hudson and Austin Sexton. You had 2017, you're like, eh. And then 2018, you got Phil Gutin eh. most of the year, and then Ethan Small in the postseason. And then 19, and you're riding high. I guess it hasn't been that long since we've been a little bit concerned about it. Coming, well, 18, into, the year, coming 18, into the 18 year, though, we thought Phil Gutin was everything. Right, and we thought that the Sunday guy was kind of sketchy because it was, it was Keegan James coming in. Right, and, he, he and was then fresh it became Jacob Billingsley. Yeah, because Billingsley. Yeah, Keegan was very up and down that year. Right, but um, but yeah, this is the best place our pitching has been in a long time. Looking at Saturday, guys, uh, we expect it to be Will Bednar coming into week one. He was a freshman All-American last year, uh, according to College Baseball newspaper. Was in my geography class last year. Yep, I'm sure he was. Good guy. Is he? I, I would assume he's a good guy. I don't know. Okay. We had a group chat. We helped each other. We helped everybody helped each other study, and he was normal. Him and Chase Patrick both. Okay, that's good to hear. And Marcus Murphy was in that class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we got to see Bednar throw four times last year, uh, and in those four outings, he had at least five strikeouts in three of them. So he's just he's a strikeout machine. Uh, thing I really like about Bednar is that he he can. He can run it up to triple digits when he needs to, but he's going to coast somewhere around 94, 95. And That's crazy. You just love you just love when guys are able to kind of have those modes. I mean, your your slowest pitcher here is Christian McLeod, who's yeah. 90 to 94. Yeah, and can throw the ball wherever he wants. Um, after Will Bednar, and we're, we're pretty confident about the Friday. Decently confident about the Saturday, Sunday, but that could be mixed up. Uh, the Friday could be mixed up. Who knows? And here's here's another thing. If this guy that we think starting on Sunday is starting on Saturday, that's a great sign. Yeah, because you're in trouble. Because if the coaches are confident enough that that's your Saturday, that Eric Sarantola, who we project to be on Sunday, is actually pitching earlier, uh, that means he's got some stuff figured out. And Mississippi State fans have known for three years now that once Eric Sarantola figures it out, you're in trouble. I mean, this is like Cy Young type stuff. Uh, in the future. I mean, triple digits, huge movement on a hammer curve. He's added a third pitch. He's confident in his changeup is what I've heard. He's uh, not a born and bred baseball player. He actually, you know, played mostly, played hockey. actually was drafted into the NHL late in the late rounds at a high school and decided to go play college baseball because of the well, what it could mean for his future. 
and has had less time than most of these other guys to really d- figure out how what a pitcher is and what it what it's like to actually go out there and throw at all world talent, I guess, on the amateur level when it comes to playing in the SEC. From what the statements that have been made by the coaching staff, Coach Foxhall said a lot of things from interviews with Eric Sarantola, is it's all coming together. If it does all come together, I don't know what teams are going to do. They're just going to have to hope that there's like a bad night, I guess, because what are you going to do? So it's like that Georgia lineup a couple years ago, but I kind of like ours better. I'm biased. But you got Christian McLeod, who we know can, can absolutely do it, who – Elijah McNamee himself said should have been pitching in our last Omaha run, but started off with I guess he what did he do have mono and they decided to redshirt him. Yeah, he he got really sick at one point. But but it should have been. He said that was the year that he we said were, that was the best pitcher on the team. We had Peyton Plumley and Ethan Small and JT Ginn. And he said nah, yeah. this guy. He so said that's Christian your, McLeod's the hardest pitcher to hit on. That's your Friday team. guy, <laughs> maybe, probably. And then behind him, you've got two guys that are touching a hundred. <laughs> And one of them who is, uh, we've known for years has been probably the most dynamic pitcher we've got if he can just find the strike zone. Yeah. I need, you know, Eric Sarantola to come in and he talked about, he said all the right things in his interview. He's thinking about pitch counts. He's thinking about getting ahead of hitters early and getting outs, not necessarily strikeouts, but getting outs. Uh, and he is a big strikeout guy. He, Eric Sarantola, lots of walks and lots of Ks. But, um, if, if this is a dude that can get – if here's here's the thing. I'll just tell you this. If Eric Sarantola routinely gets into the fifth or sixth inning or, or heaven forbid, the seventh inning, same thing with Bednar, I don't know what you're going to do. Because who you've got coming in behind them is no drop-off. Yeah, and that's what we're about to get into. The yeah. only way that you're going to beat this team, if they're, if they're on their stuff, is somehow chase them out uh, during or before the fifth inning and then try to work through a couple relievers and then hope that you can score enough runs against this uh, heavy hitting lineup. Yep. Uh, looking into midweek pitchers. So these are kind of guys you would expect to start in the midweek, but you they could also be using the bullpen. Uh, yeah, and, and honestly, if things do go south, two of these guys, try them out there on a Sunday anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'd be, I'm totally comfortable with all three of these guys really yeah. making starts for you on Sunday uh, if need be. Like if, like, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I don't expect this to happen. But let's say Eric comes out and has some serious control issues, kind of like what we saw last year. I would be totally fine with moving Eric back to the bullpen, and you can run any three of these guys out there on Sunday, and I'm completely cool with it. Yeah. Uh, these three guys we're talking about are Brandon Smith, Carlisle Kessler, and Houston Harding. Uh, we'll kind of go into each of them a little bit, I guess. Brandon Smith coming back off Tommy John, which he I had. watched it happen. Fall baseball, twenty nineteen. He came off the mound, and I knew what it was. Yeah. I was watching the fall game. Yeah, uh, definitely. I was worried about our season next year because Brandon Smith was your borderline Sunday definite midweek guy last year, and now he is again this year. Um, but of course, with the shortened season, I guess we didn't waste. He didn't waste anything. He didn't waste a year of it uh, by any means. So he's going to be back and completely healed. If it had happened last year during the season, he wouldn't be ready right now. No. But it happened the fall previous. So this has been going on 18 months now. So he's fine. He's he's yeah. totally healed up. Should be. We'll see if it takes a little bit to get his feet out from uh, back under him. And then uh, the next guy I'll talk about. I'll let you talk about Houston. I'm going to talk about this dude too. Okay. Because I know people that know him. <laughs> Carlisle Kessler, seventh year senior yes you heard that right transfer from southeastern louisiana down there in hammond last year was his sixth year and he was gonna leave and he's like okay i'm done i gotta graduate 
but he just couldn't do it. Guy just loves college baseball too much. He is older than some of the assistant coaches. I'm telling you, this dude is 25 years old, and he is on a college baseball team. Totally with the rules. You got a COVID year. You got a, a regular red shirt year and a medical red shirt year in there in his past. Two different He's schools. He's a grown man. This is a man. <laughs> and he could potentially be – we tried him out on a couple Fridays last year. I mean, what the heck? And this guy, as you're thinking about midweek or a bullpen, uh, I really like that you have that. Definitely some leadership and some experience. Lots of experience uh, for Carlisle Kessler. Yeah. Looking at uh, the third – midweek slash relief guy. We're going to talk about Houston Harding a little bit. A left-handed pitcher uh, from ICC. He actually owns the ICC single season and career record for strikeouts. Through 95, had 95 strikeouts in 2018 and 185 in his career at ICC. We saw him a little bit last year. Uh, he actually started twice, and he looked good last year. He was a guy that I was excited about, and I said that I was completely fine with him starting on Sunday last year. So oh, yeah. for this yeah. to be a bullpen guy, it's just crazy. So you got all these midweek options. You got a couple of relief pitchers you're about to talk about. Landon Sims, namely. I'll even mention before we even start talking about him. Who also, the coach had talked about their country with him doing anything. Landon Sims could close, could throw relief, could start midweek, could start weekend. Yep. They don't really know. They don't really. They, I, I hope he's not starting midweek. I think you're kind of a waste there. We don't have a lot of stiff midweek competition this year at all. Yeah. Uh, so I hope he's a, he's a weekend reliever. Or um, heaven forbid a starter. I, I think I think something's gone wrong if he's a starter, but I'm still comfortable with him. But uh, yeah, getting into some of these relief pitchers though, our talking about Landon Sims, who's right-handed. Um, God, I wasn't ready for that. I'm sorry. I thought Landon, you had it by memory. I'm pretty sure he is a righty, but I don't want to give false information. Landon Sims, righty. He's a right-handed. That's what I thought. So talking about the handedness of some of these pitchers, you've got a lot of left-handed pitchers too. Um, your starters are you're talking about right-handed, but out of the bullpen, lots of guys throwing from the left side. Um, you've got Landon Sims is right-handed, Spencer Price and Rally Self. Rally Self throwing that back-end relief, I feel like, and Spencer Price closing, maybe both closing. Guys, it seems like forever ago when Rally Self and Spencer Price were both like tied for the SEC lead in saves. Going, that was guys, that was the Rooker year. Yeah, that was before I got to college, and I'm a senior right now, and they're still here. Also, have been here for forever. Spencer Price had a whole year off. Riley Self had injuries too. They're back, and the, the, all, all we've heard is that they're as good as they've ever been. And you got those guys as experienced veterans when, as young guys, they were leading SEC in, in saves. I just think that you're in good shape. So, yeah. but uh, talk about some of who are some of these left-handed pitchers. Yeah, I know so, we, I all here all, all, all the whole time that there's a lot. I know we got Jack Egan. Yeah, I want to talk about a righty real. Okay, we're talking about right-handed yeah. first. So this is another guy where I would I'd be comfortable with him being a midweek type guy. Stone Simmons, uh, he's from Furman. He started four games at Furman last year. Began the season as their number two starter, but moved into the number one role. He allowed three or fewer runs and all they four only of his have, starts. Did they only? I guess we only played four weeks. Four weeks mm-hmm. last year. Dang, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, and he walked three or fewer batters in all four of his starts. So. He's a, he's another control guy. I'm I'm really excited about him. Uh, and like I said, I think he could be a midweek guy if he puts everything together. Now, another right-handed guy. We'll get to the lefties in a minute. Mm-hmm. Another right-handed guy I want to mention real quick uh, is Jackson Forrester. I'll I tell you why I'm getting confused. I said Christian McLeod's right-handed. He's totally left-handed. Mm-hmm. That's why I got confused. Yeah. 
keep going. Um, I didn't hear you say that, but Jackson Forrester, another righty. He's a senior. Uh, he's through, a senior. Mm-hmm. Or I guess he's actually a junior, but yeah, he was a JUCO guy when he came in. Yeah. that's why I thought he was. I thought he was young. He's listed as a senior on the school website. Yeah, he's a, he's a senior. Like, yeah, you're right. I think he's a junior though, because of the COVID stuff, right? Yeah, no, he's he's by as far as athletics go, right. he's a junior, but he's. He's not young. By hours, he's, he's not young. Yeah. Um, just looking back, he threw he threw in seven games last year. We played twelve. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. Uh, I'm just gonna run through the stats very quickly. They've got it different right here, dude. They got this is yeah. your year and this is your yeah, eligibility. Uh, number two on the team in appearances last year. I don't know who beat him out. Uh, I'd assume maybe Landon Sims, because it seems like we saw him a lot last year. Yeah. Or- uh, but those. he didn't allow a run in five of his seven appearances, issued one or fewer walks in all seven appearances, and allowed three of six inherited runs to score. So that's pretty good. Yeah, he, yeah. If you're inheriting base runners and you're and half of them aren't getting yeah. home, that's pretty good. He's a he's another guy that could be a midweek guy. I really like him out of the bullpen, though. He can get you out of some tough situations. Uh, like I said, another right-handed guy that's just going to come out there and attack the plate and. He's, he's a guy that I'd go to war with any day. Uh, yeah. I love his pitching staff. Uh, some of these other relievers we're talking about, talking about a lot of left-handed guys. Of course, McLeod. Davis Rocos, he played a lot last year. He is a freshman by eligibility. So, uh, going to have lots of time in him, but he had all of last year to kind of get right. And, if guys, if he was starting, not starting, pitching a lot as a freshman last year, you expect a lot of him this year. Jared Schimper, he's a senior by hours, but a junior in baseball. Uh, out of out of Christian Brothers High School in Germantown, Tennessee, he is going to uh, provide a lot of that left-handed relief. You've got another freshman, eligibility-wise, Cole Alford, Cameron Tullar, is it Tullar? Tular. Tular. Uh, he is a guy that we expect to to come out of the bullpen a little bit. He's a sophomore by eligibility standards, and then Houston Harding is left-handed. Uh, you've also got Dylan. I can't pronounce this dude's name. He's new. I'm not. You know what? Out of respect for Dylan, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. And we're just going to hope that he's not this really super stud reliever. He could be. He's 6'5", 2'10". But he is a freshman. A true, true freshman. So, uh, somebody will pronounce his name for me later. Carmouche? Carmouche? Hey, I'm not going to try it. Carmouche? Uh, it probably is Carmouche. But we're not going to we're not gonna set that in stone. The thing... And, of course, we lose. I think a couple of them graduated during the COVID year, had to move on to bigger, better things. You know, some guys transfer out. But there is a there's a lot of left-handed relievers. You, you've got the guys that we just mentioned. Of course, your closers are both right-handed and or your, your really, really late-in guys. And then Landon Sims as, and a couple of those other guys are right-handed. But you've got a whole bunch of left-handed relievers as well. So you're going to be able to mix things up as far as handedness of the batter goes. Um, some other guys we didn't even get to mention, though, Xavier Lovett. He's a f- absolute flamethrower reliever. Um, we I expect to see him a little bit. Um, Chase Patrick, he played. He's a s- junior. I wanted to touch on. He's a guy that played a lot last year. Was also a guy that was also in geography class with Will. Him and Will are friends. Um, I think he's a JUCO guy. I think we expect a lot out of him. Have we touched on Jack Egan yet? Jack Egan's not on my list right yeah. here. Is nope, he gone? He's gone? Yeah, he's gone on mine too. I could have sworn he was still here. I don't know. He though. didn't graduate. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's he just, played like he's, a lot. Maybe he's one of the guys that just moved on. 
know. That might be why I'm, I'm my why I'm, there's not quite as much left-handed stuff as I thought. Yeah. I remember last year we were talking about all the left-handed guys and and the guys coming in because yeah. we had a recruiting class for left-handed guys. Uh, but one of the guys that I really want to talk about, and he's he might be one of the most underrated guys we have coming in, Jackson Fristo. He's a 6'4", 205-pound freshman, uh, righty bullpen arm, maybe your closer, lettered six times for his high school head coach, uh, selected as a team captain in his senior year, earned second team perfect game preseason All-American as a senior, first team perfect game preseason underclass All-American as a junior, two-time Kentucky Baseball Coaches Association All-Star, three-time preseason All-State and All-District Performer, Took part in an inaugural Prospect Development Pipeline League hosted by USA Baseball and Major League Baseball. Participated in the Area Code Games, East Coast Pro Showcase, and Perfect Game Nationals. This guy's been around the that block. That was a, he's a freshman. Uh, throws absolute gas. Like I said, weird arm slot just because of how tall and long he is. Uh, he's a guy that I'm really excited about, though. And they've been gassing him up a little bit on the social media stuff, too. They've been posting a lot of him. I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of your first guys out of the bullpen just because of how, how hard his stuff is. Um, two other Or your last guys out of the bullpen, you know, closing yeah, situations. Yeah, Just depends. Uh, but one of your preferred bullpen arms, regardless. Somebody else that I want to talk about, we've got two other freshmen that I really wanted to talk about. Mikey Tepper, uh, he's a lefty. Very, very – or he bats lefty, throws righty. I don't know why I thought he was a lefty. Uh, but – he lettered four times in high school. He was a team captain also. Uh, another preseason All-American guy by perfect game. Uh, he also per- played in a lot of showcase games coming up. He's he's kind of the same deal. Uh, not as big. He's 6'2", 195, so still a bigger pitcher, but he's not quite as big as Fristo. Um, but he's another guy that's been getting a lot of attention, and I wouldn't be surprised if he, he contributes in a big way this year. And then we've also got Cade Smith. Uh He's another freshman, another one of the guys where he he would have been an MLB draft pick just like the other two uh, in a normal year out of high school. But we just got fortunate that they kind of fell into our laps. Cade was throwing 95-ish, uh, topping out around 95 in high school. I'm excited to see what he's able to do after getting in the weight room this offseason. Uh, and I'm really, I'm really excited to see what all of these freshmen do because I think they all could be contributors, even with as deep of a staff as we have. Uh, we'll go ahead and get into the lineup. So first, we'll just run through it, I guess, one through nine, right? Yeah, and, and then talk about how that we think that works. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna roll Rowdy hitting leadoff, Cameron James in the two spot, Tanner Allen at three, Josh Hatcher cleanup, Logan Tanner five, Scotty DeBrule six, seven, Kellen Clark eight, Braylon Skinner nine, Pimentel. Uh, and me and Colton were kind of talking about this last night, but I think you could swap. Kellum Clark and Pimentel at seven and nine. That's kind of just however however you want it to fall. They're both going to do the same thing for you. They're both power left-handed bats. Uh, I just, I really just think it's about whoever's in the groove. It will be how that shakes out. Yeah, and what's what's going to happen here is we talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the show. There's a lot of left-handedness. If if your rowdy is is batting from the left side, which you will most of the time. Uh, you know, 30% of pitchers are left-handed, so Rowdy's going to bat right, left-handed. Uh, I guess I should start that. 70% of pitchers are right-handed, so gonna, Rowdy's going to bat left-handed 70% of the time. Um, 
that's seven left-handed bats in that in that lineup that we just named. Uh, Cameron and who? Logan Tanner. Logan Tanner are your righties. Here's the thing: if out of your right-handed hitters, so we'll say thirty percent of Rowdy, Cameron James and Logan Tanner, you want a little bit of pop from them. Going to take some growth from Cameron James, which we do expect. I mean, we we think that the dude's a soldier after after another year. Logan Tanner definitely has pop. If they have a high enough average and are hitting about, uh, I'd say out of the three of those, 30% of Rowdy, Cameron James and Logan Tanner, you need like 18 home runs out of those three. 15, which is very doable. Which is doable. If those guys hit a combined 12 home runs, that's not, obviously, that's not a direct, oh, they only hit 12 home runs, we're not going to Omaha. That's not what I, there's no. You're not going to see a lot that's of That's a symptom. Pictures. That is a, uh, them not hit getting a lot of home runs is a symptom of what I might expect if our lineup is struggling. Okay. I don't, I think you need just a little bit more pop from the right-handed side, but if Cameron and Logan provide that, you're all good. Also, when, uh, expect whether you have to have a liability somewhere else for right-handed guys to be thrown in the lineup. People we don't know about. Or uh, Lane Forsythe is right-handed, right? Um, it's a freshman infielder. You told me we, we talked about this. Yeah, I know we talked about it. But I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna check our messages. Forsythe is a righty. Yes. Yeah, Forsythe is a righty. So there's a, there's another freshman that you can get put in there. And right? a really good glove. Uh, really good glove. as a defensive replacement or as a, an extra right-handed stick. Brad Cumbest, we mentioned. Doesn't get to practice near as much. He's always going to be behind everybody, but he's a big athlete, so maybe he can make some of that up. Y'all know why. I mean, he plays two sports, so uh, in the SEC, and that's tough. Um, a lot of SEC schools don't even let you do it. I think most do. Most don't. We yeah, do. the majority of us and all Miss do. A lot of schools don't prioritize baseball the way we do either. Yeah, I know you can't do it. I don't think you can in Alabama. I don't think no. Nick Saban will let you. No, there's no way. But um. You've got power from the left side. I mean, you've got Pimentel, you've got Hatcher, you've got Tanner Allen. You don't have to worry about that. Um, you just gotta got to. You don't want to trot out uh, a left-handed pitcher, and then let's say that let's say even so, all your guys are eighty percent productive against a lefty, a left-handed pitcher than a right-handed pitcher. Going off all your left-handed sticks, okay? There's going to be a little bit of a gap there. That's where your vulner. That's your only kind of vulnerability. So you just want to, you know, make some defense, make some replacements, or uh, you know, got the switch hitter in there, so that helps. But I, I don't want to say it's like a concern because I'm not really worried about it. But it is interesting to see how that's going to play out because coach is going to do something. Uh, all all the coaches, both the hitting coaches, your pitching coaches, and Coach Amonis are great X's and O's guys. Um, that was actually one of the strengths. The strengths of Andy Canizero that I think Gary Henderson didn't have as far as the right guy at the right moment, the right time. Chris Lamonis is good at that. Jake Gotro is good at that. They're going to put the guys in the best position to succeed. Uh, what you don't want is, okay, we're going to flip the whole lineup. We're going to move. We're going to pull Tanner, DeBrule, Clark, Skiller, and Pimentel and put out these guys that don't know much and then, and then they're just because they're right-handed. But that's not going to happen. But that does leave you a little bit more vulnerable to a, to a left-handed pitcher. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Not again. Not a concern. Just an interesting to see how it's going to play out. If you've got four 
three or four, we right now we would have three. If you've got four right-handed sticks against a left-handed pitcher and they're all pretty serviceable, I think you're fine. Because the left-handed guys, they're still going to get some hits. It's not like they're going to be batting uh, 100 against right, left-handed pitchers and 400 on, from a right yeah. against righties. I mean, it's not it's not that big a difference. It does matter, for but it does. Hey, for example, I don't know if anybody here list knows who Corey Dickerson is. He gradu- He was an MLB All Star. Uh, played for Tampa Bay, still plays for the Phillies, played for the Pirates, and played for Tampa Bay. He was he was a left-handed hitter, always had trouble hitting. I mentioned him because he's from my hometown. He went to my high school. Um, always had trouble hitting left-handers. And then his all-star year, figured something out, and still to this day, bats higher against lefties than against righties, and he's a left-handed guy. Tanner Allen's a guy I think could be like that too. Um, I don't think there's going to be – he's going to have much trouble from either side of the plate. I think you're going to have to deal with him. Josh Hatcher – We'll see. I don't expect much either. Uh, we'll see what happens with Scotty DeBrule, but we know that he can hit. Some guys batted four hundred. Some guys can just flat out hit. Right. And it doesn't matter what side you're coming at him from; they can just hit it. You're you're worried about, I guess, sophomore slumps with from Cameron James you're, and uh, maybe Logan Tanner, and I guess you wouldn't really call them a sophomore slump because they're still freshmen. But yeah. does Kellum Clark work out? Uh, who who's DHing? Because we're not terribly confident in Pimentel necessarily. What Unless do do he's left? figured some stuff out too. Well, if he's then figured some stuff out, he, he could be your best hitter. Yeah, like that's how that's the night and day difference. Yeah. Um, how what does Braylon Skinner do? I don't think I, this is a, this is a lineup that doesn't work, and I've seen a lot of schools do this. I remember Oklahoma was a big example of this when we played them in the regional a couple years ago. You've got a bunch of two fifty to three fifty guys, and then right at the end, you've got this massive power hitter that's batting one fifty, yeah. and you think it's going to work for you sometimes. Teams do that out of necessity because it's really I could put another 250 guy that can, that can only hit singles, or I could put a 150 guy that can take it yard, yeah. and it, they're playing that. But teams that have to do that aren't great hitting teams, okay? And I know Oklahoma did hang 20 on us once, but that was more about I think that said more about our pitching than our yeah. hitting. I don't want to be that team that's got oh uh, we've got we've got an, so little production that we have to hope the nine hole hitter t- tanks one, you know, that he parks one. I don't think we're going to be that team. If uh, I really think if Pimentel is batting 200, I don't care if it's 200 and, and he's got eight hits in, in a couple weeks and four of them are home runs. I don't know if he plays. I, I think I think we'd started to see that a little bit last year. He was kind of working his way out of the lineup. Yeah. Uh, I don't expect him to be in that position. Had I think he's got, hits, some, got some stuff figured out. Well, well, it worked out for us, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Against yeah. Oregon State. One, it was one of those deals where it, it worked out. It worked out for us, but <laughs> – uh, I don't know. When you do that, when you play baseball that way, you're hoping for the other team to make a mistake pitching wise. They have to hang one for you to, for you to cash in. I don't like playing on other teams' mistakes. I like no. when the, when the other team does their best and you beat them because you're better than them. That's the obviously that's the ideal way to yeah. play. But I think playing to your strengths, other than the other team's weaknesses, is the way to win baseball games. And again. Sometimes by necessity, you have to play to other teams' weaknesses. I think that's how the 2017 team made a Super Regional, honestly, is playing other teams' weaknesses. And it kind of falls back on what Colton was hitting on earlier. This coaching staff is going to put players in the best position to win games. There's no doubt. They're going to make the right calls. They're going to put the right guys at the plate at the right time. They're going to put the right guys on the right mound at the right time. So there's there's a lot to be excited about with as deep as this team is. And as talented as, as these guys are uh, in the lineup, not only in the lineup but in the bullpen, also there's a lot to be to be looking forward to. All right, um, basketball. 
I think the girls played great yesterday. They played bad defense, but they honestly could have won that game at Arkansas, which we'd have never thought we'd be satisfied with. I think the men played really, really terrible defense. They picked a great night to play awesome offense against LSU, and then they couldn't guard anybody. So that we was actually great. scored eighty guys. Yeah, and then we let it, we let LSU <laughs> score ninety something, which yeah. they're a great offensive team. So I, I don't read too much into that, but I love how we can't put anything together. We had great, both teams, both men and women, played really pretty good offensive games and then couldn't guard. Uh, foul too much, missing free throws. Not going to dwell on that too too terribly much. I know that most of our fan base is baseball, football people, and I'm a basketball person, so it hurts my heart. But I'm not, I'm also I'm a, I'm a I'm a croquet person if we're, if Mississippi State's playing it. Okay, that's not. <laughs> I'm not trying to say some sports. I'm mean, pretty much everything but golf, and I don't, and that's not even true. I just say that to bother Gavin. I, I I don't keep up a lot with MSU golf. If it's not televised, it's hard to stay into, in my opinion. I've been to some golf tournaments at yeah. Old Waverly. It's great. Garrett Johnson's a beast. I know that. Much. Oh, I meant the women. I go uh, watch the women's golf. It's fun. It's really fun because when they get in a groove, they're balling. But if they're if they get a little bit messed up, they get messed up. Yeah. Like they can collapse. Yeah. But they, I think they get more, they ride higher and swing lower than men do in golf. Yeah. I don't know how I know that. I don't, I, I barely watch golf, but I've just noticed that with from all the golf players I've talked to. That's fair to My say. girlfriend plays golf a lot. All right. Anything else? Nope. With that being said, swing your sword, swing your bat, and hail state. There we go. Hail state.